For a true hero isn't measured by the size of his strength, but by the strength of his heart. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at MouseMadnessPod. Send us an email at MouseMadnessPodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash MouseMadness. Kyle, we've done it again. We've got a Jerry's gang bracket. Jerry's gang voted bracket. Um, we gave them four, I thought, solid options and, yeah. and they chose this. Yeah. So as a listener, you may know that one of the perks of becoming a part of Jerry's gang is participating in polls. And in those polls, you get to choose bracket topics. And as Chris said, there are some some great picks there. A, a lot of those picks come from our Discord community. So if you're interested in, you know, giving us suggestions, you can get at us at all of the ways that Chris listed at the top here. But Discord, they we have a specific channel that you can drop show topics there. And uh, Jerry's getting voted. And in this bracket, we're going to be breaking down the best Disney animated film quote. And now caveat here is that Jerry's gang voted for the best Disney quote bracket. Um, There's 0% chance that we are going to try and, you know, narrow down 16 quotes from the entire Disney catalog. So we decided to focus on animated this time. We may venture off into live action, into hybrid, all that stuff. But this is just Disney Animation Studios films that we're going to be talking about. And here to help us declare the best quote is returning guest host, Kyle Madsen. Kyle, what's going on? Not a lot, guys. Very excited to be back on this podcast, which is one of my favorite things to listen to. So shout out to you guys. Well, thanks. I I knew you were the right person to choose for this bracket because I've talked about it on the pod before. Uh, Us just exchanging miracle quotes back and forth via text. I'm pretty sure that if we went through the last two months of our text conversation, it's just miracle quotes. It's all it is. (laughs) I'll be sitting at work. It'll be 1030 in the morning and I'll be sitting at work and just think like a miracle quote will pop into my head. I'm like, oh, got to fire that off. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's part of the issue with why we had to narrow it down to best animated film quote, because I don't know, miracle would be in the top 12 spots had we opened it up to the rest of the Disney catalog. So we're excited you're back. We're excited that you're you're here to help us break down these quotes. And just to clarify to all of our listeners, uh, song lyrics are not included no on song this lyrics. bracket. So these are just pieces of dialogue um, from Disney animated movies. Right. Uh, Walt Disney himself, a human quote machine, but none of his stupid little opening day Disneyland whatever speech. <laughs> not here. We we don't want him. We don't want him here. Uh. Chris, I'm excited to jump in. I'm excited that Jerry's gang has chosen this. And in order for us to get started here, we got to talk a little spoonful of sugar. Let's start with you. What you got? Uh, I've chosen to intentionally steal Kyle Madsen's thunder. Um, I have an Almanac Beer Co. <laughs> beer. You son of a... 
Um, I've never had this one before. Um, and I, I can't remember if they, Kyle Madsen, you texted us about this, but it's a plum sour Nova. Um, and, and I, um, I think plum is a very underrated flavor of, of things. I don't know that I've ever eaten a actual plum, but like plum strawburst, strawburst, plum <laughs> starburst goes hard. I love a pr- plum starburst. Oh, wow, that yeah. Real. It's really hard to open. Sorry. Um, <laughs> let's give it a shot. I'm not tasting a whole lot of plum in there, but it is sour and very drinkable. Okay. Uh, uh, thumbs up. One thumbs up from me. Okay. What do you got, Skinner? Um, I've uh, been feeling a little under the weather this week because uh, Auntie Chromie got me. I, uh, oh, no! I, I got no! I got the Omi. I got the Omi tested positive today. So I am uh, sitting in this room drinking a little water, staying hydrated. Uh, I am asymptomatic. I don't feel, I mean, I feel a little tired, throat a little scratchy, but that's about to the extent of my symptoms. So I will uh, take that as a, as a science works out here. You boosted boy. It helped. Uh, and so I'm just sipping on some water and I'm going to enjoy the chat. Uh, Kyle, you also have an almanac beer over there. Lay us into it. Uh, I am drinking an almanac. This feels less climactic now because of because of Chris's choice. I'm also drinking an almanac. Uh, it's a love hazy IPA. It's got an ugly sweater design on the label, which is what oh. attracted me to it. I bought these for an <laughs> ugly sweater party because I like themes. And I dropped this one on the ground, taking it out of the cooler. Oh, oh, no. So we're crossing our fingers that it doesn't taste horrible. OK, So let's go. It's fine. Okay. It's cool. clearly not 100%. I feel like we're at the tail end of the hazies are good era. Like beer companies and breweries have been making hazies for the past like three or four years and almost only hazies. And now we're getting to a point where it's like, you know, you tried something here and it's just, it's not working out. We got to find something else. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, typically, there's like one or two hazies I'll get. Yeah. Most notably the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy from Cooperage Brewing in Santa Rosa. <laughs> Sneak that plug in there. There's yeah, of course. There's like one or two hazies I'll get. Other than that, like give me a West Coast IPA, man. Yeah, oh yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, before we get into it, of course, we have to talk about what demographic chose these 16 quotes out of all 60 Disney animated films that they have touted out at us over the years. There could only be 16. And the demographic that helped us pick was was a hostile one. We're back at the angry folks. And these were people that were upset that Minnie is getting herself a pantsuit. Now, if you missed this, uh, there was an announcement a couple weeks ago that Minnie Mouse, in celebration of Disneyland Paris's 30th anniversary, which seems young and old at the same time for that park, um, and in celebration of Women's History Month, uh, Minnie has a new pantsuit. And it is, you know, it is, I believe, like a, a navy, a, a light blue, maybe actually right in between those two. Kind of like the colors that are in celebration of Disney World's 50th. Uh, and it sparked some some controversy online. And I mean, our account tweeted about it. Uh, people seem to forget that she's worn sweatsuits before uh, in the 80s. so. I don't know. These people were mad online, which made them easy to find. So we were able to to ask them, 
hey mad person about Minnie. Take a deep breath and tell us what is your favorite like Disney movie quote? And we got a lot. A lot of responses, but only 16 made it. And you know, when that happens, ton missed the dance. So Chris, what is a quote for you that or maybe a handful that missed the dance? Yeah, I got a few. One of them, I, I have a, a kind of a weird soft spot for Wreck-It Ralph. I don't really know why. <laughs> okay. I just I think I just had like really low expectations for the movie. Um, it just looked like it was going to be a total spazzy mess. And and I thought, I think that there's a lot of heart in that movie. And so um, Ralph's little, little like, uh, I don't know what his, his therapy group is called, but um, I'm bad and that's good. I will never be good. And that's not bad. That's that's, <laughs> that's a good one. one I, yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, not super like meaningful. I just think that it's fun and really clever as well. Um, and also, you know, Peter Pan. We don't like Peter Pan, but um, all it takes is faith and trust. That's kind of uh, uh, when I hear that particular quote, I very much get in the Disney spirit. Yeah. Um. So I'm surprised that one is not on here. How about you? Uh, I have a kind of unorthodox one it comes from alice in wonderland which i think has a lot of great one-liners the entire movie is just kind of a fever dream of one-line quotes uh but it's the part where alice is stuck in the room after she's fallen down the rabbit hole and she is attempting to get through the doorknob's door and she starts she gets big and starts crying and she says, oh, I do wish I hadn't cried so much. And you know what, girl? Same, same, same. Big relate with Alice on that one. I really enjoyed that quote. Kyle Madsen, you said that you had written a few down. Let's hear him. I wrote a few down, not realizing you guys probably don't count Pixar movies as Disney movies, huh? Let's hear him. Okay. What was that face, Chris? Face. <laughs> they, they count, but for, for this conversation, we'll say no. Okay, because I was wondering why there was no Toy Story quotes in there. And Mm -hmm. uh, Woody yelling at Buzz, you are a child's plaything, is one of my all-time favorite movie quotes. It's really, really good. Um, And then Hugo in Hunchback of Notre Dame, when Mm. he yells, pour the wine and cut the cheese and makes the fart noise with his armpit. I was like seven when that movie came out and just lost my mind. It was the yeah. funniest thing I'd ever seen. I still yell that every time we do charcuterie boards and my friends come over. Uh, it's it's an all-timer for me, and it's not on the list, and I'm glad I got to talk about it. It, it gets a laugh like 20% of the time. <laughs> well, you're giving that, that a, Yeah, I was going to say, you're giving that a 20% success rate? Wow. All right. We've got our Mr. Dance out of the way. We've got our demographic out of the way. It is time to announce our field of 16 Disney movie quotes um, that make up our bracket. So let's go ahead and cue the dramatic music. And here we go. Coming in at number one, unfortunately. (laughs) Some people are worth melting for. Spoken by Olaf from Frozen. At the number two seed, Oh yes, the past can hurt, but from the way I see it, you can either run from it or you can learn from it. Spoken by Rafiki from The Lion King. Coming in at number three, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. As spoken by Thumper from Bambi. At the four seed, 
The flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all, as spoken by the Emperor from Mulan. Coming in at number five, as spoken by numerous characters from Lilo and Stitch, Ohana means family. Family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. At the sixth seed, a lie keeps growing and growing until it's as plain as the nose on your face, as said by the Blue Fairy in Pinocchio. Coming in at number seven, well, there's one thing they can't order me to stop dreaming, as spoken by Cinderella from Cinderella. At the eighth seed, greater love hath no one than he who lays down his life for his friend, as spoken by Bagheera from The Jungle Book. Coming in at number nine from Alice in Wonderland, most everyone's mad here, as spoken by the Cheshire Cat. At the 10 seed, for a true hero isn't measured by the size of his strength, but by the strength of his heart, spoken by Zeus from Hercules. Coming in at number 11, from Moana, spoken by Moana, sometimes our strengths lie beneath the surface. Here at the 12 seed, you were my new dream, as spoken by Flynn from Tangle. Coming in at number 13, I am not a prize to be won, spoken by Jasmine from Aladdin. Here at the 14 seed, faint hearts never won fair lady, as spoken by Robin from Robin Hood. Coming in at number 15, ladies do not start fights, but they can finish them, spoken by Marie from the Aristocats. And rounding out the bracket of 16, you know the good thing about food? It brings folks together from all walks of life. It warms them right up and puts the little smiles on their faces. And when I open up my own restaurant, I'll tell you, people are going to lines up for miles around just to get a taste of my food. As spoken by James, Tiana's dad, from Princess and the Frog, Kyle Madsen, wowza, 16 pretty great quotes here. As you look at the matchups, do you see any that make you take a bit of a pause? I feel like Olaf got set up. <laughs> the shortest quote versus the longest one? <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, A, that's not the most awesome thing Olaf ever said. Oh. And B, that's that's not the best quote in this bracket. <laughs> I don't know what the demo was thinking. I mean, that's a it's a memorable one, you know? Yeah. Like... I'm excited to hear you guys talk about it. Sure. Because you guys always bring things up that I just never think about or know about and make me view things differently. So I'm excited to hear about that. But if I'm writing a prediction here, I'm predicting a 16 beating a one. Oh, okay. 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 Let's get right to my bracket. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do it right now. Let's see what happens. Um, I can start things off here. It's the number one seed. Some people are worth melting for. Spoken by Olaf from Frozen versus 16, uh, Tiana's dad's speech about food. Um, so context, uh, this, you know, the thing about good food, it brings folks together from all walks of life, warms them up, puts little smiles on their faces. Um, this is the beginning of the movie. This is kind of like the setup to the whole story. Um, and, and the foundation of Tiana as a character. And and her relationship with her father is the reason she is the way that she is. Yeah. Um, she's she's someone who has this 
um, lofty aspiration. I'm in a very specific goal in life. Right. Um, it's, it's interesting for a Disney movie because it doesn't seem like an aspiration that is really kind of like lost in the clouds or sort of vague and ambiguous. Um, where, you know, it's like, oh, I just want to live happily ever after. Tiana is like, no, I specifically would like to open a restaurant and serve this type of food. Uh-huh. Like, this is my goal. Um, <clears throat> rare for a hero, rare for a princess as well. Yep. So this quote from James, Tiana's father, sets the stage for that. And, and, and these ideas about food have been instilled they have been baked into, if you will, oh, Tiana's brain. And it's important. Like It's an important quote because the, the foundation of the movie and all of the choices that Tiana makes hinge on, on this quote and like this idea that is passed on to her, um, that, that food is good and food brings people together. And it is quite noble and important to serve food and to make mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go on on quite the insane froggy adventure uh, in Princess and the Frog. One we've kind of talked about a lot on this podcast, how we don't necessarily love it. The movie gets a little bit unfocused at points, but uh, you never lose sight of the goal and the idea and where you want this movie to end up. Uh, it's not for Tiana to be in love with Naveen. We don't love Naveen. He's not mm. a great Disney character, right. not a great prince. Uh, we're really just rooting for Tiana to get out of this frog body and achieve her dream. Of, get out of uh, your frog body, start. Tiana. Get out. I mean, like contextually within the movie, it's great. Love it. It's an important quote. Um, what James says about food, I think is probably open to interpretation. I agree with it personally. Like the idea that food is a communal experience is absolutely accurate. Uh, it, we eat three meals a day and some of my greatest memories of my family, uh, both immediate and extended are us around the table Yeah. Uh, while food is on our plates or even like after we're done eating and we're all kind of feeling that sense of community. And, um, you know, we open up to some honest conversations or, you know, sharing some great memories. I was very, very lucky to, to, eat dinner with my family every single night around the dining room table. That's something that a lot of children don't get to do. And I got to, and and so I can uh, attest to this idea. It, like I said, brings people together. Yep. Tragic in a way, because James is not going to be around to see Tiana kind of bring his dream to fruition. Um, in the flesh. However, his recipes are passed on. So a little piece of him remains, even though he might not be with her, um, and physically present in the restaurant. Olaf. I hate this. I hate, I hate that. (laughs) Come on. I hate that Olaf is the number one seat here. Uh Um, you know, I just, the quote, like, let's focus on the quote, though. Okay, some yeah. people are worth melting for. This comes after Anna's heart has been broken. She's in the castle. She's huddled over the fire. And she's like, I'm freezing to death. Uh, the curse is not going to be lifted because I did not get my true love's kiss with Hans. And um, that's it. Night, night. Mm-hmm. GG's. <laughs> and um, Olaf uh, like rolls up out of nowhere. Um, and he stands in front of the fire that Anna is in front of to kind of keep herself warm. 
Um, and Anna says, like, Olaf, like, go away, you'll melt. And he's like, some people are worth melting for. Mm-hmm. Which, is, I mean... And I mean, I even right that. before that, he, like, makes her realize that Kristoff is in love with her. Like, the line right before that is him being like, you know... I'm going to stand by you just like Christoph did through the X, Y, Z, like lays out the entire journey they just took. Um, and he's like, because that's what people do when they love each other. And she's like, what? Christoph loves me. And then he's like, yeah, obviously. And his like, what his arm falls off or something, um, which prompts the, some people are worth melting for, which is a click in her mind that, you know, she needs to go make right and, and find Christoph and find Elsa. It's both, Kristoff and Elsa, who are worth melting for. And in her case, she literally has to melt that heart of hers in order to live to see these people again. This is all set up in the intro to the movie with the ice cutter song. Uh, Split the ice apart, beware the frozen heart. Um, Like you said, this is the theme of the movie. The idea that like breaking down that icy exterior of your heart and, and fully giving it to someone else like that is the key that is true love no matter who it is you're giving it to and what your relationship with them looks like yeah i hate that olaf gets credit for this quote but you know i love frozen and um i gotta give it to him i gotta give him the win here uh because this is so central to to the theme of of the franchise yeah i don't like this matchup in general because I don't think that either of them, I don't think Olaf deserves the one. And I don't think that James's quote deserves to be on this bracket. I think there's a lot other quotes that could kind of push this one out, especially from a movie like Princess and the Frog, which is fine. Um, but, you know, I don't know that I would necessarily remember the food one. You laid them out uh, pretty great here. And I think that as much as like this food, narrative in the quote kind of reflects the journey that Tiana and everybody go on. I don't think that it's as central to the story because it's also like Tiana realizing that while food brings people together and can solve a lot of things, it's also up to one to kind of open up themselves to a lot of other people. And she uses food as kind of that vehicle, um, but she has to kind of learn the people part of that as the story goes on while Olaf and it does suck that he's the one that delivers the line is kind of laying it all out perfectly for the audience in a way that, you know, it, it's cute. It's a, a line about and for love uh, in a film that features a lot of love in it. And I think it just makes a lot of sense. I don't know that how far it's going to go, but it's going to pass on here uh, as a one scene. Kyle Madsen, what are your thoughts? I mean, fine. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think you could, you could say for the food quote, you could also, or what, what Chris said about how Olaf's quote kind of uh, sets up the entire story. Uh, I, you could almost say that too about, about James's quote, because mm. Kyle, like you laid out, Tiana's goal is nothing more than opening her own restaurant. Right. And and serving a very specific type of food. So um, I think it works a little bit the same way. I definitely relate to that one more um, because I also 
um, dinner with family still is like a huge uh, part of my life that I always look forward to. So that one really resonated with me in a way that uh, that Olaf's didn't. So yeah, um, RIP to the 16 seed. No so, upset today. No upset today. Not not today. My bracket's busted. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this next matchup. It is the number eight seed. Greater love hath no one than he who lays down his life for a friend from The Jungle Book, spoken by Bagheera, versus the number nine, Most Everyone's Mad Here, from The Cheshire Cat and Alice in Wonderland. So once again, setting the scene a little bit here for the Alice in Wonderland quote, Alice is on a mission to find out where this white rabbit is going. Uh, She figures that this is her way of solving whatever mystery she saw before falling down the rabbit hole. It's not very obvious what she's after other than just trying to catch him. And when after she runs into Tweedledee and Tweedledum, she wanders back through the forest and is confused by all of the signage. Because one thing about Wonderland is that their signage is not the greatest. They've got <laughs> things pointing in different directions. They have nonsensical words written on the signs themselves. And Alice is just a little bit confused. So she's trying to find the white rabbit. And here appears Cheshire Cat himself just to punk Alice. Cheshire Cat speaks in like riddles most of the time. She's trying to be like, yo, can you just help me find the white rabbit? Which way did he go? And the Cheshire cat is doing the, I think he went this way, no, that away. And he's pointing in different ways because Cheshire cat can kind of form to whatever shape he wants to be. And at one point he says, um, or at one point she says like, okay, I, I just need to find a place to go. And Cheshire cat says, oh, well you can go that way and visit the March hare and the mad hatter. And Alice goes, I don't want to be among any more mad people and the cheshire cat goes most everyone's mad here which is great because it it lines up with the experience she just had with tweedledee and tweedledum and sets up for the rest of her experience which she finds out that yes literally everyone else that she's going to meet is mad there including the flowers like the flowers (laughs) start punking her once they realize that she's not a flower either right like every experience she is just not in on the joke or not in on the ex- the shared experience like everybody else. And to her, that's mad. It's a super, get ready, beer boys, iconic line in the Disney catalog. People have this like tattooed on them. Uh, it is something that people use to describe chaotic situations. Just everyone's mad here. It's also a great like trendy bar scene kind of neon sign to hang on the wall at some place i can imagine like west hollywood you're going into some trendy bar and on the back wall not only is that back wall living but in the middle of the living wall of succulents there is a pink neon sign that says (laughs) most everyone's mad here uh it's it's great and i also like that it precedes our turnt boys march hare mad hatter the dormouse yeah. Right. It sets the stage up for them. And you're like, okay, Cheshire Cat said most everyone's mad here. Tweedledee and Tweedledum were a little wacky. And then you get to the tea party and you're like, oh boy, the ultimate mad experience. So I like that it it's kind of sits at the center point of the film and 
explains what we just saw and is explains what we're about to see. It also makes me wonder if he's trying to say something about Alice herself, because it turns out at the very end that she's dreamt this all up. And is her has her imagination gone mad? Has, you know, something in her her life caused her to dream this way? Like everyone in her world is also mad. And this is kind of a, a you know, thrown away thought and the pushed back in her mind that is coming to the forefront to help her deal with something. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but there could be something there. Yeah, she th- she found some herb, I think, in the little grassy knoll that she took a nap on. Like, her no question Dinah, about dude. it. They're just burning it up under that tree, her and yeah. her cat. Legalize it is my favorite Alice in Wonderland quote. <laughs> That's immediately after the most everyone's mad here, actually. Well, actually, like, well, actually, actually, uh, Cheshire Cat follows it with, you may have noticed that I'm not all there myself. And then yes. he's like, starts disappearing. I like that just as much as the most everyone's mad here. It's yeah. I think both of them, them paired together is just such a great moment and how he like unravels himself, his stripes, as he says, you may notice that I'm not all here myself. Very good. Very good quote. Very good moment in that film. Up against almost like the complete opposite of that line, which is Bagheera. And and Bagheera is consoling Mowgli because Baloo just got got by Shere Khan. Baloo shows up as Shere Khan's trying to kill Mowgli and he fights him off and in the process gets what we see to, what we perceive to be knocked out or killed. Um... Shere Khan is defeated and Mowgli is trying to wake up Baloo in a very similar Simba waking up Mufasa moment, just not as sad as that. And Bagheera is like, you know, circle of life, baby. People come, they die. And, you know, at least he did something heroic. And Mowgli can't seem to understand it, why he would do something like that. And Bagheera hits us with the line, greater love hath no one than he who lays down his life for his friend. Very sweet. And it fits Bagheera. Bagheera is the level-headed one in this trio and really serves as kind of the the piece of wisdom for the film itself as we go on these adventures. And what makes this line interesting to me and why it makes so much sense that Bagheera would say this is because not only is he wise, but, it, but he is also kind of all-knowing. And so this line is a Bible verse this is a quote from the bible it is spoken by john 15 13 and it's quote like word for word from the bible so it makes sense that like bagheera who is almost like a a prophet of the jungle in a way and is kind of leading and serving as serves as what is right and what is wrong and guides his friends throughout this film and is trying to keep everybody on the right track would quote something from the Bible. It just fit very well. It is doesn't fit any of the dialogue in the rest of the film. Like it's not like Bagheera is speaking in verse throughout this film. It's not until this very moment where he whips out this Bible verse and starts speaking straight off the pages. So I'm not sure that I necessarily like that about it. And also that it's not original to 
Bagheera himself. I would like these quotes to be a little bit more like it came straight from the character, from the writers of the film. And this is just taken from the Bible, which is fine. But when it comes to like a Disney quote, uh, this is a Bible quote that happens in a Disney film, but not necessarily a Disney quote. So by that, I'm passing on the Cheshire Cat. Um, are you trying to say that Mowgli was the original Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or maybe Jesus was the original Mowgli. Like, we don't even Whoa. know. Whoa. Jesus was walking around um, Israel, and he yeah. was just trying to find his way back home to heaven to be with <laughs> his own kind. In this case, his dad. The Bible yeah, is the jungle book. It's the original Jungle Book. Wow. We unlock something new every every episode on this podcast. So I did not know this. I did not know this about uh, this quote. Um, yep. eh, additionally, this is, um, this is a lot. Greater yeah. love, love hath no one who lays down his life for his friend. That's a lot. Like, I don't, I love my friends, but I don't. I don't know that I'm willing to lay down my life for wow. you. Oh, shady, dude. Shady. Wow. Because I mean, then, then I can't be your friend anymore. <laughs> Our friendship ends if I lay my life down for you. So it's like, a, if, it's like a die? conundrum. What if I die? That's then so double. If you didn't lay down your life, which means that I'm in danger and, and die, then we can't be friends then either. True. True. This is a conundrum. <laughs> no, I'm with you on on uh, Alice in Wonderland. This movie is yeah. crazy. Yep. Don't love this movie, but I do like the number of quotable quotes in Alice in Wonderland. Um, out of context, they're great. And I mean, if you want to talk about quotes not being original to the Disney movie, Cheshire Cat is Lewis Carroll creation. Well, okay. I don't know that that specific quote is like in the book. I don't know that much about the Alice in Wonderland book. I don't read books, you know, cool. too many words for too many words for my, my brain. Cool. 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 Um, but, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> screw books, right? <laughs> totally. Are you sure, stupid, man? Stupid Especially books, stupid. the jungle book. You're right. <laughs> which we've now declared is the Bible. I'm gonna slow down on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got I got Alice. Uh, comments and do you agree? Yeah, if you were gonna sell somebody on Disney movies, I think you would. The Cheshire Cat scene is mm-hmm. like one of the stretches that you would show somebody to sell them on Disney. I think. Um. So, and that line is like the defining moment of that scene. So, right. Easy choice for me. Great, let's move on to the next uh, round of 16 matchup. Number four, the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all from Mulan versus um, I am not a prize to be won from Aladdin as spoken by Jasmine. So let's, let's talk about that Jasmine one a little bit. Um, I don't know that there's a whole lot to, to like unpack here. Can you remind me when this happens in the movie? Is this something she says to Prince Ali or like to someone else? Yeah. So it's the scene when Prince Ali is with Jasmine's dad and Jafar and Jasmine's dad's about to go introduce him 
to Jasmine. And Jafar is like, bro, no, like this, this dude can't be the one for Jasmine. And Aladdin says, I'm a prince. Of course I'm worthy and I will win her. Literally, he says, and I, I am worthy to win her. And Jasmine's been hanging in the wings. She's been, she's been trying to listen in on the convo to see what's going on. Trying and when snoop. she hears that, she comes running in and just lights them up. Just mm-hmm. lights them up about, you know, this entire situation and, and how she's treated like an object. And she screams, I am not a prize to be won. Uh, and then storms off. And what's really interesting and just solidifies how awful Aladdin is, is that he more just like cringes like, that that wasn't a fun interaction. And then Jasmine's dad's like, eh, let's go talk to her. I think it's still going to work out. It's like, ugh. But the quote is great. Yeah, I, this is a big moment for Jasmine. Uh, she, from the beginning, is set up as this person who um, is having a hard time with her situation. Um, she doesn't like um, the things she is being forced to do, doesn't like the traditions um, she's being thrown into, um, and she kind of articulates herself in this moment. Um, and she finally says it, and that is important and a big part of her character. And I, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, you know, it's short and sweet, and that's that. Uh, on the other side, you've got uh, number four, Flower That Blooms in Diversity, Most Rare and Beautiful of All. I um, have been thinking about this quote a lot mm. since we saw it on this bracket um, because this is a really good quote. I don't know if this is also stolen from something else. It's so good that I feel like it has to be stolen from something I'm sure else. it's like a Chinese proverb, if I had to guess. Like, There's a lot of those in Mulan and specifically like spoken by the wise characters like her father and the emperor that this makes me think that it's a, a passed down proverb that the emperor delivers to Shang. Yeah, it is um really an important thing to get out there um in the open cuz this is really what the movie is about. Um Mulan we meet her, she's being silly at her house, and then she gets taken to the matchmaker, and they're trying to force her to be this, like, a beauty queen um, who is doing all of these proper rituals um, and getting put into makeup and un- uncomfortable dresses to satisfy tradition mm-hmm. um, and, to bring, and to bring honor to the family, and, and that is the way that her family believes that she is to bring honor right to them um this is her this is her place in society in the fa family um and then that's where you get into obviously reflection the song where she's kind of like having to ask herself like i don't know who i am but it's not who i have been so far sure uh so she is very much an unbloomed flower uh, at the beginning of the movie and the adversity that this quote references is the movie Mulan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the entire, her entire journey. And like when a flower blooms, I don't know that much about botany. Okay. Let's but figure like, this one out a, together. <laughs> does a flower decide when to bloom on their own? Like, do they say, oh, 
this is it. And this feels right, baby. I'm about to open up. Or do they just kind of like do it naturally? Like they can't help it. Given a lot of agency to, to little flowers there. I don't know. I'm, I want to say it just happens. Like <laughs> it's just a, it's just a natural. Sure. That might be what it is. And I the would mitochondria the is the powerhouse of the cell. And so if those the two. The, mm, yep. There it is. You know, I like flowers. Flowers are beautiful. You know, yeah. big flower guy. Good to know. I don't. I I got f- uh, fake flowers on my dining room table. I don't mind a fresh flower, you know, for myself. Yeah. Flowers are great. Books, not so much. <laughs> but I'm big on flowers. All right, so, book on flowers. No. Ooh, a flower book. Yeah. No. Okay. No. You that might find like, the answer to your your question here if you read a book on flowers. I don't know why that feels like cannibalism because like don't you need to like destroy vegetation to make the book about flowers so it's counterproductive. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Okay, okay, we got the text. <laughs> you were on a roll, I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> All right, say it. Just say it. Just say it. There's flower socks. Okay, there it is. (laughs) Flower socks. My new Disney spirit animal. Oh, there you go. Or I guess, you know, whatever you want to call it. I I think spirit animal is insensitive, right? If Chris cosplayed as Isabella from Encanto, you would be Chris Flower Socks. Oh, well, I was thinking of like the character Flower from Bambi, but sure. <laughs> um, and, you know he's a skunk. He's a little stinky. Yeah, you know, skunk if boy. the boot fits, as Woody says. Um, so this flower bloom. Let's say the flower blooms on its own. The flower okay. does not have agency. Um, and it's something that just happens. This is kind of what happens to Mulan as well. Like her destiny really finds her. Yeah. Uh, the the military rolls into town and is like, uh. Faju, you're you're coming with us. And Mulan, she never gave any indication that like if, if the military comes a knocking, I'm going. It's like it just she just is moved to do the right thing in the moment. Correct. Um, and that is kind of relates to this quote that the I guess the comparison to the flower is apparent in that moment that like uh the adversity isn't something you you go up to always it's something that finds you and you have to stand um and face it yep. no matter what so i like the comparison between mulan and the flower that the emperor is making um and, you know he's also of course like referencing the beauty uh the beauty standard set up at the beginning of the movie was looks and how you present yourself and emperors flipping that on its head and being like the true beauty is the strength that comes from within um, and, and that, that adversity. And we can talk about that um, in the next matchup because I got Mulan for sure here. Wow. Um, the Mulan quote reminds me of the great Kendrick Lamar quote from uh, Poetic Justice. Yes. If I told you a flower bloomed in a dark room, would you trust it? Love that line. And it also makes me think about the parallels between like what the emperor is saying here and what Kendrick was saying in that song. In that song, it feels like, you know, 
a flower that was able to overcome adversity and and bloom despite being in a dark room, not being able to photosynthesize. Would you trust that flower? Would you trust it because it was able to overcome the lack of sunlight and the adversity that was at stake? While the emperor here is like, you know, this this flower that bloomed in adversity is is something special and you should cherish that that specialness. There's something about her that you should continue to pursue or you should, you know, uh, admire and, you know, see it's too. What does he say? He says a girl like that doesn't come along every dynasty. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and off goes Shang. So every time I I hear that quote or watch that movie, I always think of that Kendrick line and just like the outlook on life uh, between those two. And it's just an interesting parallel that both talk about flowers overcoming adversity. Um, everything you say, yep, it, it's right. Her journey is her her herself blooming into who she truly is. And I like that. But I think that the better quote here is, I'm not a prize to be won. Like that was, I feel like the first real time. And listen, we'll talk about listener feedback next time. But after our, our love bracket, we, we, got, we got some feedback from people. And one of it was about um, Belle's journey as uh as a princess and in her her agency in that love story and how she was actually in control that entire time uh jasmine i feel like is the first that took control of or took at least a stance around what became of her um she steps there and says listen i'm not just something that can be won i'm not just something that can be kidnapped i'm not just something that can be you know the the damsel in distress here i am i am my own woman and i am someone i'm a person and i think that is super powerful for a princess to come out and say after years and years and years of these princesses not being that way they were always they were the prize or they were existing to be won by a guy here which means Kyle you're breaking your first tie i had that exact same thought um, except I was going to say that he stole the line from Kendrick. And so if you're <laughs> stealing a line from the Bible, then the, then the, then the Kendrick bar has got to go down to, no, I think, I think I agree <laughs> with what you said about, um, Jasmine's quote. So I am, I am going to move that one on, even though I originally didn't think I was going to look at me changing minds out here. All right, let's move on to this next matchup. It is the number five. Ohana means family. Family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten from almost every character in the film Lilo and Stitch. First, the number 12, You Were My New Dream from Tangled. Chris, you're the Tangled guy. And honestly, I can't remember when this line is stated. So I would love if you were able to set some some context here. Well, obviously, this whole thing is set up at the Snuggly Duckling when they sing the song. (laughs) I've got a dream and... uh, Rapunzel's is I just want to see the lanterns floating lanterns gleam um, and Flynn's dream is uh, you know to be surrounded by nobody on an island uh, wow I butchered that sentence Sorry. to be on, on an island all alone on an island that he owns surrounded by enormous piles of money. That's his, <laughs> that's is. what it is. Found it. Wow. Um, so 
this he he was very like open about that and very much was the I don't need anyone um, type of person. And then at the end, when Flynn is stabbed by Mother Gothel, uh, Rapunzel goes to try and heal him with her healing hair and he whispers in her ear you were my new dream and then he cuts her hair with the mirror shirt Ooh. so Ooh. those are his dying words oh so romantic yeah and Thanks. and like important to note that you were my new dream past tense like because he, he, he died it he yeah. said i'm about he, he laid down his life for a friend <laughs> unlike Something you would do. You would not do that. You would say, uh, you were my new dream because you about to die. <laughs> <laughs> not me. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, it, that makes sense. I, that's another thesis statement sort of quote there where this film that was born on dreams, um, Rapunzel's first song about when will my life begin? She she has this bridge where she goes into, you know, I long to see what's out there. I, I have this dream to see the lights. Snuggly Duckling, as you say, is it's the the entire song's about dreaming. And we learn the true motives behind each character and their journey is fueled by those dreams. Uh, Flynn agrees to take Rapunzel to, you know, the, the city to see the lights because he knows if he can do that, she's going to help him. Uh, become rich and, and get this crown so the fact that it takes that turn is nice because it's saying like you know dreams are great we both have dreams and i've changed mine and you were my dream because i'm about to go sleep forever and you will never see me ever again ohana means family this talk about a quote that had the world by the throat when this thing came out. That's a great I, way to describe it. Like, people were just saying it out of nowhere. You'd be walking through the mall, some family's having a conversation and the little kid's just going to say it and it's not even going to be in the correct context. Like, that's the grip it had on people that saw this film. And I, I think it's great. I, I love this quote. This quote is really sweet. And I almost wish that it, you know... Out of context from the film, there's nothing that identifies family as being really anybody. Um, just Ohana means family. Family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. But in the context of the film, family encompasses just anyone that, whether they are blood-related or not, uh, you will never forget them or leave them behind. And that's because of like Stitch, right, obviously. And there, and how he's kind of become part of the family by association. And so the big moment of the film at the end, when he <laughs> like chokes it up saying this line, uh, is that solidify solidifying moment where just because you're not part of the family by blood doesn't mean that you're going to be treated like an outsider. You can be part of that family and you won't be left behind or forgotten. Unless you're not up on the ofrenda, bro. If you're not up on the ofrenda, you're going to get forgotten and then you're not going to come back from the land of the dead. Coco taught us that. Dude, that was crazy because while you were talking, I just was like, Ohana means family. Of course it does. That would be like <laughs> saying adios means goodbye. 
<laughs> the same, like that would apply in that situation. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this matchup is tough because I think both of these statements are very powerful. The Leland Stitch line, what it has on you are my new dream is that it's just stated over and over again. So it becomes just really ingrained in your mind. But I feel like the, the power behind you were my new dream. The fact that the tense plays a part in that statement, which alludes to the action that's just about to happen is such a mic drop of a quote for a dude who we thought didn't have that depth to him. And that character switch is exactly what you kind of like to see out of these love stories. So I'm going to go with the number 12 here. When you said little kids are walking around the mall saying Ohana means family. I don't know why the first image that popped into my head was um, Scott Calvin saying goodbye to Charlie on Christmas. I mean, like, all right, Charlie, I got to go back to the South Pole. And Charlie going, but dad, Ohana means family. And family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. Uh, that would make that kid a little bit more bearable, but I love Tangled. Like yeah. anything Tangled, I have a strong bias towards it. But I'm going with Ohana means family. Whoa. I think that the like repeatability of quotes is a really important thing that that we can start getting into a little bit. But this idea that it's it's a a phrase that like everyone knows and kind of has been adopted culturally, like I think that matters. I would love to learn a little bit more about. Um, the difference in translation between like uh, yeah. what what we as Americans think when we hear the word family and what someone else of Hawaiian heritage thinks when they hear the word Ohana. Sure. Like, like what, what are the differences between those two? And I think that that is a topic that this quote is trying to explore. Yeah. Um, and and ohana might mean something a little bit more than family. Like there might be a spiritual element that maybe we don't consider when we think family. Sure. So um I got I got the the favorite advancing. So Kyle Madsen, you're breaking a tie. Yeah, Lilo and Stitch is my favorite Disney movie. So it's oh. moving on. Oh Um the the layers to, and this is what you guys were getting at, the layers to what family means in that movie. In that movie, um, there's Lilo's relationship with her sister. There's Leo's relationship with Stitch. And Stitch kind of finding his way uh, in himself and then um, finding his way into a family as their, you know, quote unquote dog or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, I really, really like that quote, even as cheesy as it might be. Um, I think it, I think it plays. So. All right. All right. Um, let's move on to the next matchup over to the other side of the bracket. Uh, it's the number two seed, the lion King, the past can hurt, but from the way I see it, you can either run from it or you can learn from it from as spoken by Rafiki from The Lion King versus the number 15 seat. Marie from the Aristocats with ladies do not start fights, but they can finish them. Wow, what a matchup. Yeah. Uh, I am um, the Lion King for everything that I think is overrated about it. It is a very quotable movie. It, it really tries to tackle some some very like existential ideas, uh, which I admire in a way. Uh, Mufasa is a quote machine. Uh, I know, which is why it's so surprising that Mufasa isn't the one represented on here. 
Mofasa isn't on here at all. Um, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised to see two or three Lion King quotes on here. Um, but we got we got Rafiki uh dropping the the kind of like moral of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously also the moral of Shakespeare's Hamlet as well. Uh, right. <laughs> you can either run from your past or you can learn from it. So uh Hakuna Matata, right? Yeah, yeah. Hakuna Matata. We're, we all Hakuna Matata here. And um it means no worries is what is what Hakuna Matata means. <laughs> for the rest of your days. S- specifically for the rest of your days. So um Simba gets really invested in this idea that is uh forced upon him by two uh underachieving uh mammals. <laughs> And uh, he, he really he really takes it to heart, um, and he wastes um, some of his hottest years as a young man, um, just oh Hakuna matata it up <laughs> out in the oasis, um, uh, and, then, and then he and then he rolls back to Pride Rock to see that everything has gone to heck, yep. um, or does or does Rafiki find him? I can't yeah, remember how it goes down. It's when Rafiki first finds him, and he goes mm-hmm. chasing him through the thicket. Uh, and he smacks Simba over the head with his with his That's stick. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's like, Simba's like, no, bro, I'm not going back there. I screwed up. Yeah. I killed my, my own there. father. I can't. People are gonna hate me. Um. And Rafiki's like, I'll call the ambulance, bro. <laughs> in the you form know, of your dad in the clouds, baby. Look at him. So, I mean, it's a lot like the um, Princess and the Frog quote we talked about before. It's just kind of like stating the theme of the movie in a in a moment of realization type way. They're like, oh, there it is. Uh-huh. You almost expect Rafiki in this moment to look directly into the camera and say, that was it. Hope you were paying attention to that one. <laughs> We've got uh, M- Marie. Ladies do not start fights, but they can finish them. I don't remember where in this movie this happened. I I choose kind of not to revisit Aristocats if I don't have to. So at the very beginning, the mm-hmm. it's almost how the kittens are introduced. They're roughhousing in the living room, um, and one of her brothers pushes a candle over, and it falls onto her head, and she calls for Duchess, which is her mom. And her mom is like, uh, you know, stop, stop fighting, stop roughhousing in a very like sweet way. It wasn't very commanding. And one of her brothers says it was Marie that started it. And then she delivers the girls from start fights. And she says it very like authoritatively. She's like, ladies do not start fights, but they can finish them. Love that. This is one of those Disney quotes that I could see on a wooden sign at Ross. On a wooden sign at Marshall's, a wooden sign at Home Goods, World Market, like whatever. You're not uh, wrong. It's the type of quote that I feel like I would see on a Disney T-shirt at the parks. Uh, another one of those tattoo, like tattooable Disney quotes. Yeah. Uh, one that you might put on your COVID uh, protective fabric face covering um, sure. and rocket to the Disney parks. Um, not that I don't think it's true. I'm not really, I think, qualified to talk about what ladies can and can't do or do and do not do. 
<laughs> I don't really want to get into that. But the fact of the matter is this is this is one of those quotes that like it gets milked. It gets yeah. milked a lot. Um, it's one that gets leaned on and a lot of people apparently really identify with, mm-hmm. um, which is great, which is great. Uh, I don't know. I like a memorable quote, you know, I, I, not that the Rafiki one's not memorable and it's an important quote, obviously, but I like the one that feels like a little, maybe like a little pearl of wisdom or something too. Um, I'm going to go with Marie. It pains me to do it, but I think I'm going to go with Marie. I'm going Rafiki. This, I think it's very memorable. This is a a top three quote from Lion King for me. And I remember it because it comes right after all of the wackiness of Akuna Matata. And the movie slows its roll a little bit and you get some wisdom in the madness. And it leads and continues to inform like why he's going to go back. So he's just ran into Nala. Can you feel the love tonight has just happened? She can't convince him to go back. And so Rafiki senses that he's around and is able to convince him to go back by saying this line. Like you can't run from the past. Like you have to go and and face it no matter how much it hurts you to do so. It's the right thing to do. He summons his, his dad from the clouds and his dad Mufasa helps to inspire him a little bit. And then uh, Simba goes running off and you get that that like uh, Hans Zimmer score of him running back to Pride Rock and Rafiki standing on the tree, like waving a stick over his head. Super stoked. I, I like it's so memorable for me. I can almost see it frame by frame in my mind right now. And it's just so good because it, it's like I said, it's quiet. It's not chaotic. It's a come to... Jesus moment for Simba and it makes him head on back home and take his place as, you know, King of Pride Rock and right all of the wrongs that have been done. And it's none of it's by him. You know, the past hurt him, but he wasn't at fault and he he can fix things. I'm going I'm going number two here, which means, Kyle, you're breaking this tie. I feel like I've broken a lot of ties, which is which is great. Um <laughs> I'm going to call BS on the entire premise of what Marie had to say. I've been on TikTok. So, um, I know that, that, uh, (laughs) she may not necessarily be correct. I don't think that you can, uh, assign one, uh, one willingness to fight to, um, an entire, uh, an entire gender. So, um, I also, I just think that this Rafiki quote is extremely relatable. Um, So I'm going with uh, Rafiki here. All right. Lion King moves along. Let's talk about this next matchup. It's the number seven. Well, there's one thing. They can't order me to stop dreaming. Said by Cinderella from the movie Cinderella. Versus the number 10. For the true hero isn't measured by the size of his strength, but by the strength of of his heart from Zeus and Hercules. We'll start with Cinderella. This snuck its way in. This quote snuck its way in because as we said, we weren't allowing song lyrics, but this quote is delivered in the middle of a song. So very beginning of the movie, Cinderella wakes up. She's uh, singing a dream is a wish your heart makes. She stops to talk to the the mice a little bit. And then the bell outside the grand clock tower goes off. 
And she goes like, all right, all right, I hear you. I'm up. I'm getting up. Uh, Even he's ordering me around. And then she says, well, there's one thing. They can't order me to stop dreaming. And then she continues her song. They, obviously, not only being the clock towers of the world, but the stepsister and evil stepmother who use Cinderella as their personal servant. And she is finding, you know, refuge in her dreams. And she knows that there can be a better life, but her imagination and and her, her outlook on life gets her through all of these hard times. It's almost a little bit of toxic optimism, if you're asking me. Uh, you know, dreaming is a great escape, but uh, if the situation is bad, we might want to get out of that situation before we continue just dreaming along. But I get it. Uh, this this film wasn't made in 2021, so toxic optimism and positivity was not a thing. But you like it about Cinderella and that character, how she is persevering through all of this adversity, and she is a f- she is blooming as a flower, baby, in in the adversity, in the dark of her her tower, as Kendrick might say. Uh, And she comes out on top in the very end. And it's all from her continued optimism and all of her dreams. And her dreams end up coming true thanks to the fairy godmother and everybody else involved. Number 10's uh, Zeus quote comes at the very end of the film. Herc just saved the world, basically. And now Meg is allowed up in Olympus. And the first thing that Zeus says really is like, welcome home. Mom says, welcome home. And Zeus is like, we're, we're so proud of you. You did so well. Uh, and you learned that true hero isn't measured by size of his strength, but by the strength of his heart, which is such a interesting way to word that sentence, because you almost think that isn't measured by the size of his strength, which is a interest, like a, a weird phrase that I've never like size of your strength and not measured by the size is strength measured in size like one strength it's interesting because it almost is like wouldn't be measured by his strength but by the size of his heart but instead it's the size of the strength and the strength of one's heart and I like that because it gives a little bit more agency to the character that way like you're oh that person has a really big heart they're just letting everything in they're just they're just like that but the strength of one's heart is what really makes a person a person it's it's how they can continue to do the right thing or continue to love despite everything that's going that's around it's not just this like predisposed like that person has a really big heart it's like no that's a also a person with a really strong heart and that carries herc i mean he he lets it wane a little bit when he feels like uh, Meg had betrayed him. But that that strength of the heart is what comes back and has him do the right thing in the end, which is come save her and not let her suffer and ultimately die. He dies for her. He's brought back to life, but he dies for her. And it was all because of the strength of his heart. So in this matchup, I think that's just more powerful. That statement right there. And in even though Herc is this big, strong man, that's not what a real hero is. A real hero is is doing the right thing and how strong their heart is. 
I like Cinderella's. I feel like it's a very Disney quote. Uh, but for what I'm looking at here and the quote that I like best, it's definitely the number 10. I, I get what you're saying about this Hercules quote, and it's all, uh, you know, themes and, and realizations that I totally agree with. It just feels like the way this thing is worded, it feels like it's stumbling over itself. Mm. A true hero isn't measured by the size of his strength. Who says size of his strength? <laughs> a true hero is Big not measured troops. by, a, a true hero isn't measured by their strength but by their heart. Like, there you go. That's the quote. <laughs> the strength of his heart. Like, we're having to do some serious mental gymnastics to, like, decipher exactly what this thing is trying to get across. It's like someone tried to write, like, a great proverb and just, it was their first draft at it, and then no one ever <laughs> corrected them, and they just went with it. Sure. Um, I got, I got, I got Cinderella uh, Kyle, I don't know if you remember this, but in, I believe it's in wishes, uh, the fireworks spectacular, they can't order me to stop dreaming. Um, and then there's a f- the fireworks go off. Oh, it's from something. I swear oh. it's from some nighttime show. Okay. Um, and if I'm not, don't care. I'm still going with it. Uh, <laughs> Madsen, you're, you're breaking another tie. This is unbelievable. I, I, we've never seen a tournament like this. This <laughs> is late February. Um, uh, I am going with Cinderella here because like mm. Chris said, that is a first draft of a quote and whoever wrote that <laughs> thought they had an absolute freaking banger on their hands uh, and they are still waiting. They still go into Disneyland and they kick the door down on the Emporium or whatever. Uh, and they're like, this is the day that my quote will be on a t-shirt. <laughs> They're like flying around Etsy, like dropping emails to people like, hey, you should this to a shirt. This is a great quote. And the person's like, what? No, it's not. This doesn't even make sense. Anyways, that's a trash <laughs> quote. Cinderella. All right. Damn. Let's move on to the next matchup. It is the number three seed. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Versus the number 14 seed. Faint hearts never won fair lady from Robin Hood. The former being from uh, Bambi. So this don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. Like, is this the first time that like this has ever been said? There's absolutely no way. I like, I don't know. I don't zero, know. Zero it's so, chance. it's so old. Zero percent chance. Are you looking it up? Yeah. It's more than zero. Yeah. It's definitely at least like five. No. Because whoever wrote this wrote an absolute banger. on <laughs> It's like discovering plutonium by accident. You keep going and I will uh, see what I can pull up here. Yeah, this, um, I, I think that's an important fact to know because beyond that, I don't know that this is a really strong quote. Like, I don't know that I'm like, my mind is blown. He, like, it doesn't give me chills the way that some of these quotes do. Um, but that might just be like, a, I'm, I'm, I have recency bias with, with some of the newer Disney one-liners that they throw out there to varying degrees of success. Um, I guess as just like a general kind of like proverb and piece of advice, like, sure, I agree with it. Um, uh, speaking of Bible quotes, um, there's a, there's a Bible thing. They say something like the true intentions of a person's heart, like come out through the tongue. No, the tongue has the power of life and death. Which, yeah, I think that's kind of like uh, what the point, the point that this quote's trying to get across, that idea that like your word, like words matter. And, and like, it's so true, right? Like, shut up. If you're going to 
if you're gonna uh what do you always say yuck yums yuck yums don't if you're gonna don't yuck your their yums don't be yucking yums out here like let's yeah. just have some good vibes only up in this joint and uh and and i agree with thumper on that for sure faint hearts never won fair lady um this is just one of those kind of like old school Disney quotes. Um, when it comes to just like scripts and music from that kind of like pre 1970s uh, Disney, they're always dropping these little like very eloquent like phrases into their movies that you're just like, whoa, that was like very sort of poetic like piece of dialogue right there. Um, and Fate Hearts Never One Fair Lady is, I think, a really great example of that. Um, just kind of like really rolls off the tongue, uh, is not delivered in this kind of like very dramatic way, like something like You Are My New Dream is delivered, where the movie stops and the spotlight focuses on them and there's a uh, you know, a little beat moment of silence and they say it and then the music Christian knows it's just like Robin Hood just like do 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 fate hearts number one fair lady, bro. All right, <laughs> go on with my day. Uh he's just he's just dropping bombs, you know, but to keep on forgetting. But he wrote down, right? Oh my gosh! So, um, did we find anything about BM? Yeah, so I'm finding some conflicting timelines in a lot that I'm searching for here. So the quotes attributed to Alice Roosevelt, who said it about a uh, or said it to a different presidential um, candidate to or about. Um, and then this quote says later, Walt Disney had the car- cartoon rabbit thumper quote his mother saying that. But when I look up when Alice Roosevelt may have said this, it was during the 1944 election and Bambi came out in 1942. So I don't know what's true here. We can go ahead and probably we can lean on that thumper probably said it first because I can't find anything that says otherwise. All right, we're giving Thumper the dub. Wow. Um, the, uh, the, this quote is weird. Like, let's, let's make this a gender inclusive. Uh, faint hearts never won fair person. Yep. Uh, regardless, I think the idea that like a person is something to be won is kind of uh, dated, feels like. Uh, the idea that like you shouldn't approach life with a faint heart, meaning like a weak heart. Um, sure. I think I buy that, but, um, feeling like there's a transactional element of if your heart is not faint, you will get what you desire. It feels kind of weird. I like the I like the good vibes that Thumper's trying to spread in the forest up in here. Yeah. So it's, it's the Thumper quote. Uh, the context of the Robin Hood one is literally winning Lady Marion as made Marion as a prize in the archery contest. And he's like, we, I've, I'm going to go participate in this regardless of getting caught by the cops. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and do it because faint hearts never won fair lady. But I, I agree. It's, it's definitely a thumper quote here uh, when it comes to winning the love of, uh, of this woman because of a, a feat as if she's some sort of prize. Kyle, what do you think? A winner is not judged by the size of his strength, <laughs> but by the faint of his heart. Oh gosh. I think is I think is the, <laughs> that's a callback. Hey, I uh, love that quote. Yeah. I I'm I'm with this pick. I, I don't 
the the Robin Hood line sounds like one of those weird Shakespeare lines that people quote, and you're just like, that just doesn't like what? It's not. Yeah, it's not English. I don't. Shakespeare's not weird, bro. Don't say that about Billy. <laughs> hey, Mister, I don't read books. Pipe down <laughs> over there. It's not. It's not cool just because like the words are frilly. Sure. So, dude. I, it's uh, the like graphic design is my passion of quotes. <laughs> I would just like to say that I did do um the no fear Shakespeare on all. Of, <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Of course you um, did. But but then I would go back and like reread the actual because mm-hmm. I just totally. didn't have I didn't have the time to like <laughs> sit through and be like what is this sentence grammatically supposed to say? I'd be like I have calculus, I have physics. I have environmental science. I don't have. I don't have time for William. <laughs> Sorry, Willie. Sorry, Bill. Sorry, Bill. All right, let's it move says on. a lot about William Shakespeare that rewording everything he said makes it easier to read. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, let's move on to this final matchup. It is the number six. A lie keeps growing and growing until it's as plain as the nose on your face from the Blue Fairy and Pinocchio. And it's up against the number 11. Sometimes our strengths lie beneath the surface. Kyle Madsen, do you know when Moana said, sometimes our strengths lie beneath the surface? Um, doesn't she say that to Maui when Maui makes fun of Hey Hey? She says it to a villager at the very beginning of the film when the villager makes fun of Hey Hey. And okay. the villager... Happens to also be voiced by Alan Tudyk, who is the one that voiced Hey Hey, uh, which is a fun little meta reference for the the folks on the other side of this film. But it's literally a line that's in defense of Hey Hey. She's saying that, you know, this chicken may look stupid, but some of our strengths lie beneath the surface, which is a great saying for everything else that happens in this film like Moana is her her strength is not only her bravery but her general feel and and drive to accomplish great feats Maui's strength isn't necessarily his physical strength but it is his ability to change his ways to open up uh and Heihei's strength is to somehow not die the entire time in the film like the fact that it's a true, like it's directed towards Hey Hey blows my mind. I love that people love this quote because it is a good one. It says a great thing that it, you know, not all that is there meets the eye sort of thing, but it's about Hey Hey in the film. And that's annoying to me. It's up against a lie keeps growing and growing until it's plain as the nose on your face, which happens when Pinocchio uh, gets got by Stromboli. He gets locked up in a cage and the blue fairy has to come rescue his dumb ass. And as he's sitting there trying to explain to the blue fairy, she's like, yo, yo, Pinocchio, what happened, man? He's like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, there were these monsters. And she's like, oh, we're there. And he's like, yeah, and they had these, these vicious teeth and they, they kidnapped me and, and Jiminy. And she's like, oh, did they now? Letting him go on and on because as he does, his nose is literally growing, growing, and growing. And at the very end, she says the line, like, keeps growing, growing, growing until it's as plain as the nose on your face. 
which is very obvious to what is happening in that scenario because it's literally, literally what is taking place for Pinocchio. I don't know that she needs to explain it as a metaphor when it's happening like that, but it drives the point across and she gives him a second chance. He's learned his lesson and she's going to free him. And as long as he steers true and he's going to be all right, which obviously is not really the case because he like goes to Pleasure Island and stuff and it's, it's just not good. So in the battle of the these two quotes here, uh, the Blue Fairy is is great, and Pinocchio is a fine film. I know that most folks that listen to this don't like Pinocchio for various reasons, um, but I think I'm going to go with the Moana one because while it is directed at Hey Hey, uh, it definitely serves a purpose for the rest of the film. While the Blue Fairy's line really just show like lets us all know that Pinocchio, when he lies, his nose is going to grow. And so whenever his nose grows, he's lying or he has to try and figure out a way to not make that happen throughout the rest of his journeys. So it's kind of just a setup line, while the Moana one is feels like more of a mantra. Pinocchio was the original Woody. Crickets. In that- um, <laughs> Jiminy crickets. Yeah. There it is. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening yeah. <laughs> to this episode of Mouse Madness. Oh man. So uh, I got I got the uh, Moana quote. To be honest, um, I am not a beach bum by any means, but I I I respect the ocean. Okay. <laughs> I have like a, an appreciation for its might it's a a place where there is like incredible biodiversity um the 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 most unexplored parts of this planet are in the deepest part of the ocean and and this idea that the strengths lie beneath the surface like that is the ocean you know you you're flying over it on an airplane you're like oh there's a bunch of blue water but beneath that is is like finding nemo that was a finding nemo score reference and i loved it um, thank you for it and like i mean i I don't know how many people listening to this podcast but have been to the pacific ocean but go stand in some waves uh on the gulf coast of florida and then go stand in some waves in northern california uh and you will feel the difference uh, depending on the coastline in Northern California that you stand up against. But like, dude, it's dangerous. Like it is dangerous to go swimming in the ocean uh, on the shoreline because you will, you will get kook slammed hard. <laughs> and so Moana in this moment is referencing like, uh, like you said, Kyle, I, the thing you kind of don't like about it is like, oh, it's yay. Like we can do anything. If we no, just look inside of ourselves. I hate that. It's about, Hey, Hey, it's directed direct. At uh, well, hey, hey. I've, Obviously, same, but um, you know, it's it's just a more, I guess, topical way to say don't judge a book by its cover. Thousand percent. Um, but like, I see it. I think it's a valuable, a valuable way to approach life. You know, like don't don't approach any person that you meet with any type of like judgment whatsoever. I think we could all stand to to apply that in our daily lives more in twenty twenty two. So. Is this a is this another uh, tie tie break? Nope, I did the same Moana. If that's what you're doing, uh, sorry, I'm not paying attention. 
Um, I was too busy thinking about my Pinocchio is the original Woody um, quote that no one laughed at. So, hey, bro, I thought you had more on it. Like, I thought you were going to go into an explanation. And Same. I step on it. Same. That was it. Just one thought. It's a good thought. All right. Well, do, do you agree with that? Do you agree with that assessment, Kyle Madsen? Yeah, I'm I'm pro hey hey. So yeah, I sure. I mess with this. But Chris, like you said, it's literally the ocean, but also we see that with Moana and even Maui, like um the way they kind of their character arcs and the way they grow. It's stuff that you wouldn't necessarily expect when the movie begins. It's personal development and growth, which I appreciate out of both of them. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this first round. Next episode, we're going to talk about the Elite Eight that looks a little something like this. The first matchup is the number one worth melting for line spoken by Olaf from Frozen versus number nine, Everyone's Mad here from Cheshire Cat and Alice in Wonderland. Down the brackets, the number 13, I'm Not a Prize, spoken by Jasmine and Aladdin versus the number five, Ohana Means Family, spoken by just about everyone in Lilo and Stitch. Across the brackets, the number two, the past can hurt, as spoken by Rafiki from The Lion King versus the number seven, can't order her to stop dreaming, her being Cinderella and Cinderella. And the final matchup will be the number three, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all, from Bambi, as spoken by Thumper, versus the number 11, strengths beneath the surface, uh, as spoken by Moana, to the dumb chicken hey hey uh, from the film Moana. Kyle Madsen, thank you so much for joining us in round one. Uh, we look forward to having you back to declare a winner next episode. Can't wait. All right, everyone. We've done it. We've reached the end of another episode of Mouse Madness. Look forward to having you all back in part two where we crown a winner. Hey, do you have a quote that we probably forgot or that the mini pantsuit haters forgot? <laughs> Please reach out to us. Let us know. Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon at the $5 level by becoming a member of Jerry's gang, head on over to patreon.com slash mousemadness. We just had our quarterly Disney trivia last weekend and it was an absolute blast super fun gave out an amazing prize pack to our winner (laughs) um and if you want to get in on on that action for for the spring session head on over there and check us out till next time thank you again for listening folks you have been positively primeval